So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Frank Meyer. And I'm Dino Everett, and we're from the Street Walking Cheetahs. Uh, we're gonna ask him some questions. Say, I'm gonna start. Uh, so, what inspired you guys to start the band, and what does the band name mean? Uh, the band name comes from a song by Iggy and the Stooges, which was Iggy Pop's, you know, original sort of pre-proto-punk band. And they had a song called Search and Destroy. And the opening line was, I'm a street walking Cheeto with a heart full of napalm. And when we started the band, uh, Dino and I were just kind of looking to like play kind of obscure punk songs and like songs we loved, garage rock songs and stuff by bands like the Stooges and the MC5. And that was one of the first songs we played. So. At the time when we were leaning on all this punk rock material, we were like, yeah, we'll be the Street Walking Cheetos because we do a lot of Stooges songs. Little yeah. did we know that that name, like 25 years later, we'd still be having that name. And really, we don't sound anything like the Stooges at all anymore, but that sort of <laughs> was like our our sort of beginning, you know, that's kind of how we started was doing that sound. Okay. That's fair. And then how'd you guys like meet yeah. up? Mm-hmm. Do you know, how do we meet up? I've, we met up in your video store, you and me. Yeah, we. Um, I used to manage a video store in Studio City, California, and Frank was one of the customers, and he must have had a Stooges shirt on or something, and so we got to talking one day, and we had both been in bands in the 80s and sort of grown a little disillusioned with the music scene, and so we said let's get together and just do like a cover band just play all the songs we really like just to have some fun instead of like when you're in a band struggling for work that's takes some of the fun out of it sometimes and playing the covers was just a a blast and then of course that's the one that finally clicked yeah (laughs) all right right. Uh, so congratulations on your newest release one more drink how do you feel about the response to the album so far? Of course, yeah. Well, you know, I think Dino and I are such cynics that like we keep waiting for some critic and I'm sure it's going to come, especially now that I'm putting this out there to just go like, this mm-hmm. album is garbage. But oh. so far the reviews, because you know, that happens. And when we first started off, like we were so excited when our first records and EPs came out and like half the press liked it, and half the press was like, these guys are amateurs. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. This is bull. <laughs> and you know, so all those years, all these years later, we feel like we've gotten better, but we keep waiting for someone to just like, gut punch us with like a really, really terrible review. So far it hasn't happened. We really like this record. I think we were lucky because we wrote it over a few years. And so we really could kind of like pick the best songs. We, it's mm-hmm. not like we just wrote 10 songs or 11 songs. We wrote like 30 songs and then Jesus. just skinnied it down. They made demos for everything and just sort of slowly sat with them and then just went, okay, these ones will make a really co- cohesive album. Yeah. And I think we, um, one of the things that happens with bands is you get kind of pigeonholed into a sound and people know the cheetahs as this high energy full throttle rock and roll band and so the first album in 20 years you know in theory you would expect just more of the same but we're far more multi-dimensional than than just sort of that one aspect and so with this album, and I think this is why we keep waiting for the the bad review, 
is because we tried to indulge all our influences on this album and and show our pop side and our rock side. And I think the difference too is even on the early records, we would do these, we would attempt to do these pop songs, but they just never quite worked as well as when we just did these full throttle chainsaw sort of motorheady dead boy sounding punk songs. And we just, we didn't quite figure out how to make that side of our sound work for a little while. Mm -hmm. And now on this record, I feel like, you know, we really kind of like the pop, the power pop stuff, you know, that sort of 70s cheap, tricky power pop stuff really fits right in with the sort of motorheady, dead boysy, stoogesy punk stuff. And now instead of any of it feeling oddball, it's just like, it's just our sound now. We've just expanded what we do. You know, we're better at it. Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, having almost twenty years like in between God, releases. You'd, yeah, you'd you'd think we'd be better. <laughs> if, yeah. If you yeah. had been, oh, it'd be like, what have you guys been doing? It sounds like the last record. What idiots? No change here at all. Yeah, the, <laughs> then that's when you get I the mean, bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Uh, although, who knows? Someone out there is going to be like, Ah, no! I was a Street Walker Cheetahs fan when they were pure punk rock, and we'd be like, no, but the first record had, and then, ah, no, 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 I'll tell you Trust what you me. sounded like. Yeah. Exactly. Trust me, I know what you sounded like. Exactly. Um, and I always like to point out that when the replacements put out Hootenanny, everyone hated it because it was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, you know, the replacements can do no wrong, but back in the day, because they veered away from Sorry Ma put, put out the trash, you know, everybody hated it, and then they grew to love it. Yeah. You can tell what music nerds we are. We we just talk about albums all day long. Like Dino and I have known each other for like, like you know, over a quarter century, and we still get together. And we're like, do you have that Hanoi rock record from 1982? And like the like the one guy like isn't and he plays the solo. And he's like, yeah, of course. Oh, you mean with the the one with the special one sided forty five? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so as we've brought up, uh, this is the first record in almost twenty years, or more than that. Um, There's Mojo. There's Mojo. Oh, hi, Mojo. Uh, what made Mojo. you guys like come back together and make another album? I mean, we we were essentially what happened is we didn't break up because we like had some huge falling out. It's just we were doing it for a long time, and things just kind of got were like the same for a long time. Like we kept getting all these. We'd, every time we put out a record, it'd be like, these guys are going to be huge. And then like another record. No, just wait. They're going to be huge. And it was like five records later. And we were like, well, is this ever going to happen? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we were playing like the same clubs and bands and just kind of eating shit all the time. Uh, and, you know, you can only be like critically acclaimed before you can't like pay your bills before you start to reanalyze your like game plan mm -hmm. uh so we all stayed friends and even played in other bands together but about a decade went by and uh we were pals with cheetah chrome from the dead boys and mm -hmm. he was doing a, a tour of the west coast and he kind of just was you know asked us you guys want to come out there and be my backing band and mm -hmm. uh and then also be the support band because that used to be something we would do a lot with people like wayne kramer and sylvain sylvain all these cult rock heroes that we like yeah MC5, the new york dolls and so anyway, so we did this one-off tour and we had a blast and we just never stopped after that. We just kept playing and we were writing songs along the way and some of them we were playing live and some of them were just demos and just eventually we kind of just finally got off our ass and went to the studio. Okay. That's fair. All right. Uh, so what made you choose We Are The Ones uh, for your lead single for this album? Because it's been about 20 years since you guys have dropped a new single. So what made you choose this one? Uh, well, there's two things. One was that we were definitely leaning in this 
80s direction with that song. And Dino mm -hmm. and I are like big movie nerds. And like, I think we wrote a song that we were kind of thinking like, wouldn't this be cool to be like the kind of song you'd see in a John Hughes movie, like, you know, like The Breakfast Club or, mm -hmm. you know, or or, or um, what's the other one? Um, uh, do you know, what's the other Molly Ringwald, John Hughes movie I'm thinking of? Pretty, Pretty in Pink. Pink or, yeah, like, you know, oh. like one of those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, and so we were, you know, we wanted it to sort of have that vibe of like psychedelic furs or 80s yeah. K-Rock sort of thing, you know. At the same time, we also, because we're both such music nerds, there was a record store in the Valley we used to hang out with. The Valley is, you know, where they all the 80s stuff sort of started. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we both knew the owners and I dated the daughter and there's sort of a long story there. But like the woman who owned it, her and her daughter had this cat named Master Minu and she was French and the and the that means like king of the cats, master of the cats oh in uh, French. And mm -hmm. so at the end of the song, you hear me and Dino going, me new, me new, me new. And that's us calling the cat. Yeah. So, so we basically wrote a song about a record store and a girl I dated and her cat. And we wanted, she loved 80s music and we loved 80s music. So we wanted to have this sort of 80s vibe. That's amazing. I, I love that so much. <laughs> so yeah, you can, at the end of the song, you can hear us calling the cat in French. Minou. Minou, Minou, Minou. I love that. Because she, she used to walk around and go, Minou, 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 Mr. Minou. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you guys also did a music video for that single. Can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind that? It's just puppets and drugs and complete madness. Yeah, I noticed uh, the drugs and I was like, yeah. I didn't expect it. <laughs> we, uh, we love the Muppet Show and Pee Wee's mm -hmm. Playhouse and, and, and all those, you know, sort of like puppet show, kid shows, but they're sort of for adults too. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and because the song had this 80s vibe and we just decided to make this whole sort of weird art, like trippy, psychedelic, like drug influenced puppet show, really. I mean, okay. it's like it's the classic video game characters, you know, with the the reimagining of their storylines that like Pac-Man was really after drugs and yeah, Donkey Kong and Mario were fighting over the princess and like a love triangle and and that like a bunch of the space heroes, you know, from like Space Invaders and Robotron and Asteroids all form like a rap super group. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're just like we just sort of had all these little thing ideas that we shot, you know, where you're seeing like sort of like heroes together, or video game characters in weird contexts or, or characters from different video games together, you know, and we just wanted it to be like a weird puppet mashup for for adults, for very strange adults. So just make the weirdest shit possible was like your mindset going into this. I mean, it was COVID too. We had nothing else to do with, but play with <laughs> That's puppets. That's fair, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. It was it was definitely interesting. It caught my attention as soon as like there was a puppet doing drugs, and I was like, whoa. I missed some chapters. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. Well, so we did a new, so there's another song on the record called One More Drink, and it has John Easdale from the 80s band Dramarama. Like I said, there's sort of an 80s theme on this record. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we basically, it's coming out in like a week, but I'll just tell you. So basically the idea of the song is about drinking and drinking too much, and we're mm -hmm. all familiar with that. And so the idea of the video was we're going to get together and perform it, but that we would be just drinking so much that we just couldn't even make our way through the own lip sync of our own video. We'd just start sort of fighting and passing out and vomiting, and it just becomes like a shit show. Mm -hmm. And what was so great about it, though, is I said to all the guys in the band, and I only said it, what was a week and a half or two? It was not that long. I said, hey, you guys, 
we're going to shoot this video and I've got an idea and there's going to be a drinking theme. Everyone just collect your beer and alcohol and wine bottles that you would just have around the house, bring them to the rehearsal studio. And I wanted there to be an unbelievable amount, but I also was like, ah, who knows, whatever. If we can just get 30, that'd be great. Yeah. We had three trash cans full. I was oh never prouder God. of my boy. I was never prouder of my band than this. They walked in with just satchels <laughs> full of alcohol and huge <laughs> bottles and novelty bottles and just fucking like unbelievable. And each time they walk in, like our drummer walked in, he, he laid down a sack and I was like, damn. And he's like, hold on. And he went outside, brought <laughs> another more. sack. He's like, there's oh more. And a box. I was like, whoa. And I was sitting there at the end. I was like, you guys, I've never been prouder. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got something in my eye. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Crazy. What was the cleanup like for that? If there's so many, like, bottles. I don't know. We were pretty drunk by then. Did we clean up, do you know? Uh... That's what you pay for, right? At a sure. rehearsal studio. Yeah, we had we had PAs. No, of course yeah. we cleaned up. No, no clean, <laughs> most of them they were empty for the most part. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, like I mean, you had to you had to set them up gingerly, and at the end we were just like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. them in the trash, boys. Get the exactly. hell out of here. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, so, is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? Do you know? Well, I mean the. The album name One More Drink, he just kind of explained that it was, you know, we've all been there. You've had too much to drink and everything. And the the album cover, I was just trying to think of, you know, there's lots of album covers with like the guys sitting at the bar and things mm -hmm. like that. And so we were trying to think of a way to imply that we're in a bar without it just being the, the standard. And so I thought, oh, let's just, you know, we're at the the jukebox and then of course we thought well why don't we we're all kind of older and not so attractive so why not have a a really attractive young lady being at the jukebox instead mm -hmm. so and then that way we could use the back cover would be you know the song titles on the jukebox okay. and then the shot in the bar you kind of see her in the background so it's all sort of connected it's almost like we're at the bar drinking she goes to the bar we happen to be on the jukebox because of course we would only drink at a bar that we're on the jukebox at. that's really mm -hmm. what we're implying yeah. if you want us to drink in your bar you better put mm -hmm. us damn well on the jukebox exactly yeah yeah that's what but then we also we hid we hid like some of our favorite songs on the back cover to the right of the the, the listing of the tracks on the album there's like supposedly the other songs on the jukebox and we kind of hid in there what what our ideal singles would have been from all these different bands okay okay all right. makes sense uh so can you tell me a little bit a little bit about your writing process for this album uh you know at this point frank is a machine well i, I write a lot of songs and um and i write a lot of songs in a diff in a lot of different directions and so they're not necessarily always hard rock and roll punk rock stuff but when i do i would always sort of earmark them for the cheetahs um but beyond that i have a home studio and our mm -hmm. guitarist bruce duff has a home studio and dino lives right down the street from me and our drummer and so does our, our sax player and then our drummer lives right down the street from 
Bruce, so usually the way that we kind of get songs up and running is whether they're the, an idea is coming from me or from Bruce or something we worked at in a rehearsal studio. We usually record a demo of some sort in GarageBand or Pro Tools or whatever. We, you know, we are all producers essentially mm -hmm. too. So the whole album was already demoed. Like we had made it, you know, pretty complete, almost identical to the end recording demo of every single uh song and then and we had that for 30 songs yeah. so we had completed fully realized demos of all these songs and then just kind of sat back and chose the best songs. so that was really the writing process where a couple of them were written out of ideas in rehearsal a couple of mm -hmm. them were songs that i had a couple of more songs dino had a couple of them were songs bruce you know we everyone sort of brought stuff to the table but in the end we just decided that the rule was best songs win you know, it okay. doesn't matter who wrote them. We just pick the best song. If it's a punk song, then it should be the best punk song that we got of the batch. It's going to be mm -hmm. sort of a hard rock song or a power pop song. Like we had a bunch of choices. It has to be the best one, you know? All right. Makes okay. sense. Will those other songs ever see the light of day? Uh, Probably, you know, I mean, at this point, I feel like we had a really good time making this record. And, and especially if, I don't know what touring is going to be like over this next year. I mean, it's been off the table for the last year, but maybe it's starting to be back on the table, but it's still, you know, if we're, even if you book now, you're going to be booking for like three months from now. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, I'm just saying for a band like us, uh, I don't know what touring is really going to be like. And if we find that live stuff is somewhat limited for a while, it might be easier to just jump back in the studio and make another record. And we certainly got a bunch of songs. So, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's like, if you if you go back to the 70s a lot of the bands they were pushing them they had to every six months crank out another album mm -hmm. and i think thankfully that's one of the things that's not really a problem for us as a band you know if there was labels that wanted to put them out okay yeah every six months you want to cheat his album we could do that yeah. yeah we have the songs you know it's just sort of us again choosing between the other batch of you know what i mean like yeah i mean because since we recorded these we've written a bunch more so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah wow. oh we've got okay. songs exactly songs, yeah. songs, songs baby it's all about songs mm -hmm. it's the only and honestly it's the only way in 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 show business quote unquote that a musician makes any money i mean you might you know if you got, if you're the kind of musician playing gigs like a cover band or you know doing like sort of you know patio gigs you might get like some you know cash at the end of the night kind of gig mm -hmm. but beyond and then if you're in a real touring band you're making money but you're spending money to be on the road so you're yeah. lucky if you come home with any real money and the way that most musicians you know who aren't huge hugely successful make money is off of publishing i.e licensing and sync meaning getting your songs in tv commercials and you know and movies and soundtracks and yeah. you know because streaming doesn't pay anything spotify no. doesn't pay anything it's cool to get that stuff but it doesn't put money in your pocket Bandcamp, Bandcamp does selling merch at the merch table at your shows does live shows so for a band like us if you know we we kind of have to like either be playing live or we've got creative get creative with how we can make money so for us like making songs that we can get out there and get placed and then you know selling ourselves on Bandcamp. that's that's what that's all you can do now yeah let's just yeah. say thank god for reality tv yeah because we've gotten a lot of songs like in that stuff over the years and that stuff we, we have publishing on that and you know like we still get paid on that stuff and it's, honestly you can take all the gigs you want it does not equal what you get paid off of a few songs and the right tv commercial or reality tv or mtv you know like you watch mm -hmm. those mtv shows and they're just you know every 
four seconds it changes music you know it's like those are all music cues guys like us get paid on you know so like the less they use it the less you get paid the more they use it the you know blah 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 there's different tiers but like you get enough of that stuff out there we have hundreds of songs now so a lot of them are out there that's the way that musicians make money now and it's funny because when i grew up and when dino grew up like for punk rockers and like true metal you know everyone was like dude if you're like on tv like on a soundtrack or a tv commercial you're Mm -hmm. totally selling out exactly and like that's that yeah like it was a sellout now all of a sudden you're like please i would love to be in a target commercial so much (laughs) oh my god i could pay my rent forever forever exactly yeah I mean, and the- I mean, you can you can go back to Iggy Pop again for for the the sort of clarification of that, where somebody approached him and said, you know, what do you think about like your song being used in a Nike ad? And he was like, you know, I don't care if they use it to sell, you know, napkins or peanut butter or whatever. Mm-hmm. They weren't written for that purpose. So if they want to use it for that purpose, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the funny thing is, is that we've interviewed a lot of artists and not a single one has brought up the fact of like selling or like putting your music out there into like the, the soundtracks and put it on TV and stuff to make money. And most of the people we talk to are in like some sort of DIY space. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's something that crosses their mind. Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're in a DIY space as well, but at the same time, we've also been doing this for a long time. And exactly, so we've, yeah. we've had, we've seen a lot of different degrees of success. Don't get me wrong. We've never been a, we're not, we've never been Aerosmith or some huge rock band or so, you know, we're never Green Day or anything, you know, some yeah. crossover band, no doubt. We're always sort of a cult band with a cult following. However, you know, we've been on a bunch of different record labels over the years. So we've seen and read uh, many different record contracts and publishing deals and we have our own publishing and we control our own publishing and we know exactly what our band is worth in a live situation and to a licensing you know house or a sync company or publishing deal and we know kind of how that all works so you know our operation is DIY in that we make our own music, we control all the digital rights, we find essentially a independent record label that's putting out vinyl and CD because we want to be have retail presence. We want our shit to be like in the stores too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to be able to get the vinyl. I want to get yeah. to be like colored vinyl and dope vinyl. So we mm-hmm. always try to team up with someone that's doing that. And then they basically put that out. We get some copies that we can sell and move at our merch table and blah, 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 and Bandcamp and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we've kind of got all those things set up. And then as we're writing our songs, of course, you're just trying to write good songs. But we've also worked with all these licensing agencies. So we know we've written a good, catchy song. We'll for sure send it to people and be like, yeah. hey, man, can you guys use this in places? And yeah. had enough success doing that where it, it it's a good thing to do, but it's not why you do it, but you'd be an idiot not to do it. Yeah. And why yeah. would you not, you know, you write the songs you write, but then why would you not try to make the money you can make off that? I don't, no one's DIY. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. no one plays music and sells it to not sell records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one wants to not succeed. Yeah. Every single person that's putting out music and playing wants to succeed. Or why mm-hmm. the fuck would you do it? Sorry, yeah. I don't know if I can curse on your thing, but oh no, um, you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you're showing up on a stage somewhere, you want people to show up. If you're making yeah. music, you want people to hear it. If someone's going to pay for it, don't you want to at least 
ask for that money or do, yeah you know, exactly who, who just goes like no you can just take all the money mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know who makes the money no yeah. you, don't be an idiot ask who makes the money take your share yeah make it make that share as much as you can you know mm-hmm. why and and don't you know you don't make decisions but you don't like write necessarily write songs thinking they might sell more but on the mm-hmm. other hand i'll tell you this if someone pays me to write a song i'll write whatever the fucking song you want exactly why not <laughs> know what i mean like people come to me and all the time and i write songs with people and it's just like yeah you want to write a country song like you know give me publishing on it or give me some money fuck yeah let's write a country song yeah you know what i mean like we've written done hip-hop beats and you know all sorts of stuff that's out of our comfort zone maybe not always as the street walking cheetahs sometimes mm-hmm. as solo musicians and but like we're musicians, this is what we do for a living. If you're exactly, if you're not paying, I'm going to do what I want to do. If you're paying me, it's a gig. Whatever you want. Yeah, man. I'm exactly. then you're, you're the client, you know. And if I don't yeah. want the gig, if I don't feel comfortable, I won't take the the money. But if I'm taking your money, what do you want, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, I mean, over the years, the sort of music industry has changed drastically Mm -hmm. you know when we were little kids there were these big record companies and they would invest millions of dollars into an act yeah they pay rent and yeah and and i mean now it's like you could have like a million sort of plays on spotify or something and you'll make probably ten dollars yeah right so that's why you got to find every avenue you can. So the smart indie bands are doing band camp. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you can actually make money off that. Yeah. And they're making some actual, whether it's a you know cassette or whether it's a hard drive they're selling or whether it's vinyl. I mean, you know, I've seen it all. I mean, I've seen yeah. people literally sell like robot hard drives at shows with their catalog or their album just popping in, you know, all that digital. That sounds expensive. <laughs> I feel uh, like those... I don't know, man. I, I, there's all these nerdcore rappers and they've got mm-hmm. like all this crazy like digital stuff that you can buy at the merch table. Yeah. And then there's bands doing vinyl and there's bands doing cassettes and mm-hmm. there's just so many ways, you know, t-shirts and trucker hats and patches yeah. and singles. And I mean, that's, you know, bands can make money that way. And then beyond that, you just try to like not get ripped off. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a good tip. It's really the goal. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. More uh like small bands need to think about that. Just trying to figure out different ways to monetize their work, I guess. Yeah. The fir- fir- first you're trying to monetize then the overarching rule is just trying not to get completely screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh so can you tell me where your headspace was while creating the album? Shifting back yeah. to that. <laughs> You know, where was your headspace at? Well, I mean, I think we we as musicians and individuals, we're it's no secret that we're getting older. And so I think the things that we're writing about are no longer necessarily like let's get fucked up and party tonight. Mm-hmm. Although we did write one more drink. Yeah, and there um, is a song called Fast Fucking <laughs> Furious that's actually exactly about that. But that was okay, never mind. That's no 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 no, he's right in that we definitely have a few just abs I mean look, our band, like what we generally are good at is violence and sex and drugs and car crashes and fist fights and bottles over the head and bloodshed and teeth on the floor. That's our bread and butter. That's all the classics. Yeah. All the classics. So there's two or three songs on the record for sure that are just that because like, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't do a cheetah show without just some bloodshed. But 
there's also like some power pop stuff and some kind of 80s sort of rocking stuff and some stuff that's almost more like Guns N' Roses-y sort of mm. hard rock. So I don't know. I think um, if anything, our headspace was probably just that we wanted, we finally felt like we didn't need to appease anybody. Like we didn't mm. have really a label we had to answer to and we didn't feel trapped in feeling like we have to be punk all the time. Yeah. Like made a good record. Had fun making it, yeah. And had fun making it. Oh yeah. For crying um, out loud. Uh, so what band or artist influence do you think you can hear the most on this uh, record? Well, it's funny because we we have some special guests on the record, and in a way, we were sort of hedging our bets with them because we wrote a song. Dino came with this idea called, for this song that became the Rejected, and it basically sounded very much sort of a tribute to the band, the Adolescents. And we're all big fans of the adolescents and we know those guys. And so we thought, you know, rather than people saying, hey, you guys wrote an adolescence type song, what if we get Rick Agnew from the adolescents? And that yeah. way it's a tribute to mm-hmm. the adolescents, not a. And our mom. And then same thing with Dramarama. We did one with John Easdale from Dramarama. We wrote a song that sort of was like a tip of the hat to Dramarama. And we knew John Easdale and we were just like, well, let's just get him. And that way we're cool. What were you going to say, Dino? I was just saying an homage, if you will. An homage, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was sort of a, I think if anything, our older records probably were more directly influenced by like New York and Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, we were always into that like New York CBGB's sort of Ramon sound and, you know, and then and the Dead Boys and then like the Detroit sound of the MC5 and the Stooges. And this record's probably more a little more West Coast sounding for sure. And the punk rock songs are kind of a little bit more West Coast sounding punk. And there's definitely a bit of that Chicago cheap tricky sort of power pop with big guitars thing. So um, it's all feels like it can all be in the same record collection though. Yeah, definitely. So it could be, that's where Dino and I have always sort of, you know, been friends and collaborators is just that like we both had these diverse record collections that's why we started talking in his video store back in the day you know like we both liked punk rock but we also loved new wave and we also loved heavy metal and we also loved you know different other weird stuff that doesn't fit into that at all jazz and blues and you know stuff and dino at the time had this fascination for like pop female pop singers that was he would play me this stuff on some of our car rides i'll be like yeah this is great oh my god i'm gonna kill myself and, <laughs> and you know but like we you know but we're music nerds and we're yeah. right so like we always we, sort of had that foundation of like well there's no nothing we really can't do because like our record collections are so diverse why wouldn't our band be like that yeah yeah, yeah. we never bought into i mean uh, as much as I love the Clash and bands like that, I never bought into the, you know, no more Beatles or Stones, that kind of mentality where it's like, if you're doing this, you can't like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we like, if something's good on whatever level it's good on, I'm going to tell you I like it. You know, I like Southern rock. I like, you know, sometimes I've seen Lady Gaga play piano and I think it's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we also both really love cheesy stuff too. So we're not afraid to be a little ridiculous sometimes. And some Mm -hmm. of the, there's a few tunes on the record, like you were saying with We Are The Ones, like where we were just like, fuck it, let's throw synthesizers on it and just go full bore 80s on one tune. Why not? You know, because like we, we, you know, 
I, I like some of that sort of like cheesy synthesizer in songs and like, I don't know, we'd like, we weren't afraid to just be a little weird sometimes or just amuse ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. Wait, so you guys have been talking a lot about music, so I, I feel like I should ask, what is your favorite album? Because you guys apparently have such a wide like collection of, of knowledge music, so I'm gotta boil curious. it down. Gotta boil it down to one? One. Oof, uh, well, that's tough. Um, I guess I generally, my go-to favorite album is probably Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. Okay. It's, I'm a big Stones fan, and that album, it's like a double album from when they were really messed up on drugs. Oh. And, um, well, you know, a lot of bands did their best yeah. work when they were strung out on heroin, and certainly mm-hmm. the Stones did. And But also, it's a record where, like, there's, like, a bunch of hard rock on there, and there's, like, country stuff, and there's blues stuff, and there's some folky stuff. So it covers a lot of ground. So if I was yeah. going to... Had a, if I was a desert island and I had one album, I'm like, I, I want it to be a kind of a diverse album. I don't want to yeah. just hear one song for five, ten songs. Do you know okay. what would yours be? Ooh. Favorite um, album. All time. All time. It, yeah, that's a hard one to, like, boil it down to just one. Oh, you know what I'll go with? Uh, this will be weird, but it'll give me a little, ver- it'll give me some variety, but still stay pigeonholed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. The Live at the Roxy album. Okay. By who? By, it has um, X-Ray Specs, the Buzzcocks. Oh, it it's, was, a, it's a compilation album. It was, okay. Yeah, it was, it was recorded live at this uh, London club called the Roxy mm-hmm. in the first few months of 1977. And it has like some of the classic uh, punk bands on there. So I'm going to go with that. See, that way I, I get a little you. bit of diversity. Exactly, I told you, yeah. we are music nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I felt like I had to ask. Um, so this one should go super, super fast. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. Both of you have to do it. Yeah, both of you have to do it. Wait, we're doing it simultaneously? Like, oh, well, I don't want to. One, two, three, four. Well, no. Wonderful. Okay. Three words. Uh, Dino, can, whichever one of us can think of three words first, feel free to go. Uh, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna say power pop punk. Wonderful. Right. Power pop punk. Um oh oh let's see. That was it. That was a good one, Frank. Thank you. Um, I am a word. I'm gonna say variety. Um mm-hmm. what? That's one <laughs> variety show madness coming at you. Variety, what? Um, variety. I will also go rock. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Can, I, can I clarify something? Can he use the same words that I use? He can't. Well, you right? Took pop punk rock. What? Well, yeah. What no, no, no. Just to clarify. Does he? Ha- can he use the same words, or they have to be new words? Right. Yeah, we don't have See, any rules. Yeah, I usually <laughs> call people a lot of it's the same thing, word for word. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, gonna say it's. I'm gonna call it like rock punk pop. <laughs> that was very disappointing. That's okay. That sure. Was, sure. Pop, sure. Pop, that was it, very cheap. Can I go it back was. to variety? Yeah, yeah you're really stuck on variety here. We had something going on there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It sounded variety? bad, but it's better than what you came up with. Variety uh, what? Variety what? Yeah, you got some more. Uh, variety. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's dug himself like satisfying. Variety so satisfying. It's, a, it's <laughs> variety satisfying. <laughs> and um, no one's gonna buy this. It's an eclectic, satisfying variety. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, no. I can get behind that. that. Make us I... sound like pledge. It's, you, it's, 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 you make us sound like a like, you know like a carton of milk. It's They're a, gonna think it's like a satisfying like a, broad, a, a bunch of Broadway <laughs> show tunes. Yeah. I, I, what are we like? What a new brand of Fritos here? An eclectic. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus, Tina. No. Awesome. We're an eclectic, satisfying variety. <laughs> You guys might have caused the breakup of this band with that. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. I, I, I don't even know if I can, like, stomach this anymore. Oof. Hey, Dino, remember I told you to stop by the acoustic gig I'm doing tonight? Why don't you it's yeah, don't. by his name, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so in that Sorry same train of thought, that. unfortunately, uh, is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through the record? <laughs> You want yeah, them. like an eclectic, eclectic, eclectic variety. Variety, really? I mean, I think I think Dino said it all. Next question. <laughs> yeah, I'd like them to uh, be satisfied mm-hmm. <laughs> with the variety. <clears throat> no, uh, I mean, yes, all that really. It's not, actually, can we? Can we? Can you edit that answer to this question and just <laughs> post? Because actually. <laughs> okay, so here's what you're gonna do. Here's, I'm gonna solve. I'm a producer. Here's what you're gonna solve this. Okay. You're gonna take Dino out of the first question and then add it, edit his answer to the second Just question. Copy paste it. Yeah. And then and then here's your cut point. And okay. here go. Uh, uh, that yeah, that was great, Dino. Terrific information. Next question. <laughs> Shane, are you gonna do that? I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> But, uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I think we want people to just rock. Honestly, our, our, our main thing is that, as you can tell, we, we generally want people to have fun. You know, our music is there to be entertainment and fun and hedonistic. You know, we want people to listen to it. And, you know, we, I think when we used to say, like, back when we were uh, younger men, we'd be like, ah, the, you know, our music's for, like, fucking and fighting. And now I feel like wow. Now you didn't use would, that as your your three words. It's two no, out of three. Because we've matured. Because now I'd like oh, to sure. add to yeah. that. Now it is still about fucking and fighting, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's also about love, guys. Oh, oh my it's god, horrible. It's about love. Well, it's there's your third love. one. Yeah. Okay. Well, but no, I didn't. No, that, that's better as a long form answer, not as sound bites. Um. Because if I just said that, I would sound like an idiot, like Dina. <laughs> <gasps> no. <laughs> Well, I would like to answer this question as well. No, no, I think we're done with the show. Hey, all right, take it easy, guys. It's been great. Bye. Click, click. No, no, go no ahead. I would say that I, I think for me with this album, that it's okay to have melody with your your hard drive and punk and 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 rock and everything. And I think that's sort of what I I think people can can get out of that. Right. Solid. All right. So there you go. Digging so <laughs> yourself out of that hole, you know. Oh my god. Uh, so where do you guys see the band in the next five years? Breaking up. Yeah. Oh. I mean, after no, I mean after nights. I mean, like this, based on my is, answers oh my to the questions yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. I don't I think, think we're gonna make it through yeah. the evening. Oh I don't god. think. Yeah. No, this is really the end right here. I think. <laughs> Tragic. Um, no, I mean if all goes well, I mean I gotta be honest, man. I am dying to play a live show 
that has a full band, a full drum kit. Like we've done, Dino and I have been playing acoustically throughout this because we had, funny thing is before COVID, we'd already been doing these acoustic shows around Long Beach because we both live around here and there's a lot of bars that aren't really set up to do like full-blown Streetwalk and Cheetahs live shows, but where mm -hmm. like the two of us could go and we would sort of do these like country versions of our songs and like cover tunes and stuff. Uh, and just really for fun to play for our friends and because there's a cool scene like that down here. But who knew that that was all preparation for COVID because then yeah. suddenly all you could do was like one or two people entertaining out, out on a patio. And now, because we're in Long Beach, which is like a week and a head, a week ahead of, or two weeks ahead of LA generally. Mm -hmm. Like, so we were allowed to start doing shows indoors with limited capacity a couple weeks ago. But oh. again, it's all still like small scale. Like I haven't played with a drummer in well over a year. And we've got oh. one of the best drummers in LA in our band and I would love to play with him, uh, Mr. Michael Sessa. But it's, you know, we just haven't been able to do that yet. So I hope in the future we get to play live. And if not, I think uh, either ways we'll likely make another record and see what happens. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the band, you know, when you're young, you're filled with sort of all kinds of ambitions, you know, and you think you're gonna make it to that that top tier uh now that we're older we're just doing this for fun so there's really no reason to ever stop and we have and we have no fun. ambition now we have no ambition <laughs> absolutely no ambition whatsoever oh. we barely show up to our own gigs <laughs> you guys are on time do, for this but when we do it's something pretty special mm -hmm. you don't want to miss that no you don't want to miss it uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually shift away from music and go straight to Death Row. Boom. Yes. Uh, so if death you're on Death Row Records, Tupac, you mean? No, no, no. If I you're on know. Death Row, what would your last meal be with a drink? My last meal with a drink? Yes. Like, so you want a pairing? Yes. Wow, okay. Jesus. It's very intense. Uh, for me... There's a taco place in the valley that like is sort of like my in my secret like love. Like if I'm ever anywhere near there, I have to go and get tacos from there. And in nor any normal taco situation, I clearly love tacos. I get like one or two tacos, three maybe. Mm -hmm. This I swear to God, I'll go like six tacos, please. Exactly. Go all out. And three and three burritos to go. And then I take and then I just eat the burritos over the next like two days. So like mm -hmm. all I put in my system for like two days is just like meat. Yeah, um, it's really probably not good for me, and I can actually tell you that it's not good for me because I, I, you know, I, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, oh but, uh, but uh, so that would be that would be my last meal, and I guess if I was going to pair that with something, even though normally I would just get like a root beer there, I would go with uh, a nice really good tequila on ice because it's my last meal and it goes well with Mexican. So let's just say for the sake of uh, conversation, a Patron on ice. Right. Like Henry, Henry's Tacos, straight from North Hollywood. And Dino? Yeah, and before I tell you my answer, can I just tell you about Henry's Tacos? We would, uh, our guitar player, Art Jackson, lived in the Valley and lived kind of near Henry's Tacos. And so whenever we were loading up a van to go off on a tour, <laughs> We'd all like get into the van and we'd be on the road for about an hour or something. And then you'd hear like in the back seat, you'd hear this. <laughs> and of course, Frank 
ran and got a bunch of Henry's tacos. Of course. And so everyone else in the van's hungry and Frank's just <laughs> front yeah, yeah. And, and like two hours into the drive, they'd be like, you guys think we should stop for food? I'd be like, nope, I'm fine. I think exactly. we're cool. Go okay. for another couple hours, boys. <laughs> totally cool. God. But for my final meal, I would probably say I'm, I'm going to die, right? I'm yeah. totally about to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh. I would probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Well, you said I was going to die. Um, so I was just yeah, simulating. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you. Uh, my final meal would be what in England is called cottage pie, but what here we call it shepherd's pie. Oh, okay. Um, I would have shepherd's pie and a Heineken and then kick off. All right. Solid. All right. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Like... A video game world? It could be video game, movie, comic book series, book, mm. whatever you want it to be. For one week. Mm-hmm. I would definitely put myself in London in uh, the early 70s. Hmm. Is that just, from a movie or is no, that just... No, 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 but they said yeah. fictionalized. <laughs> yeah. A fictional world? Fictional. Oh, yeah. fictional. Yeah, like oh. Harry Potter. Yeah. For example. Narnia. That's good. That's good. Narnia. Yeah, I'll go to Narnia. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's the question, Dino. Do you know what my answer is going to be? Um, based on the current obsession, I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I would go into the world of the first of the movie Trancers, not Trancers two, three, four, five, six, or seven, but Trancers Lord, one. Seven. There's seven yeah. trans. Well, technically, there's eight because there's also a short film called Transfers 1.5. By the way, the, oh this is God. all on That's Amazon Prime. Uh, and Transfers stars a guy named Tim Thomerson, and he plays Jack Death, who's sort of like a, a private investigator who who goes after transfers, which are sort of like essentially vampires, like sort of like futury zombie vampires. But he also time travels and he goes back to fight this guy and he ends up in 1985. Mm -hmm. So I would go back to the world, the future world Mm -hmm. of Trancers 1, mainly so that I could hang out with Jack Death, a.k.a. Tim Thomerson. Look it up. And you you might remember Tim Thomerson as Gene Gene from the, the hit television show Quark. I well, I do. They won't, but I do. Yeah, are you talking to me? You must be talking to me then. Yeah, I'm no. So to anybody listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's and 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 let and let me just make this clear. Like that's really like I've, I've sort of stopped watching any other movies that aren't in the Transfers franchise or another <laughs> movie starring Tim Thomerson or wow. another movie producer directed by Charles Band because they're all sort of in the same universe. Yeah, and, um, universe. and that's just yeah, and that's just like who I am now. Like I'm a transfer <laughs> guy now. Like you're a transfer fan. I, yeah, I'm a tr- no, I, yeah, more than a fan though. It, it's a like, stan. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm a transfer stan. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know exactly. You made it your whole personality. Yeah. Exactly. You could start transfers so, stan. When you guys are off, yeah, when you, you guys are join- offline. Mm-hmm. On your own? T- oh, I've joined. A, if you don't think I've joined a whole bunch of trancers and full moon and empire pictures like fan groups, I, you're crazy. Cause I'm all over that shit. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I was in an award show this weekend. My mo- I directed a movie, a documentary, and it was up for a, a film threat award. Hmm. And I walked in coincidentally wearing a Jack Death 
Prancer's t-shirt because where else would you wear that shirt? But exactly, to a yeah. Film festival, you know what I mean? Because I figured mm-hmm. some film nerd would be like, like me, would be like, "Hey, Jack Death, cool." That's and I one. walk in, and the guy from the the award show, Chris Gore, goes, "Oh, Trancer's t-shirt, that's cool." You know, Charles Band standing right over there, and I was like, "What?" Uh-huh. Trancer's director, producer, Charles Band. And I, <laughs> I went over there, and and I swear to God, this is exactly mm-hmm. what what Charles Band saw, okay? okay. Close, your, close your eyes for a second, you ready? Okay. This is what he saw. Oh my God, oh my God, Charles <laughs> Band. Oh my God, transfers and transfers two and transfers 1.5, which is actually from the unreleased movie Pulse Pounders, and then Dungeon Master and Laser Blast. Oh my God, Laser Blast. Oh uh, and then he and he was literally like, calm down, son. Yeah. <laughs> Someone get him the water. Mm-hmm. And then God I damn. and then I pitched him a, a crazy project idea that I want to do. That guess what it involves? Transfers. Of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. course it does. Yeah. Uh, well, I have the honor of asking the last question, <laughs> and every single person you've spoken to has said that it is the most important question. Uh-oh. Does it uh, involve transfers? Unfortunately, no. worry. I'll screw it up. I'm not answering. So there you go. Uh, what is yeah. your favorite color? Transfers. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. All right. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm going to transfers too. Okay. Thank okay. you. No, I was a little uh, worried. Favorite color? Blue. I always like blue. Okay, right. solid. Um, I know this is very cliche, but anybody that knows me, it's black. All right. I respect that. I don't that. wear right. anything but black. All right. <laughs> you guys want to guess what uh, what color uh, dreamy Tim Thomerson's eyes are? <laughs> blue. blue. <laughs> wow. I love that. You have love really, you. you really have made it your entire personality, haven't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, he's gone over the edge. <laughs> Just a little Don't bit. Worry, me too. Me too. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so as I said, that's all the questions you have today. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? <laughs> well, Transfers 1. Transfers oh my God. Transfers. <laughs> no, Dino. Dino, good move. Ooh. Got the vinyl on? Yeah. Streetwalking Treat is one more drink. Uh, we're on Instagram at uh, Streetwalk and Cheetahs or Facebook at The Streetwalk and Cheetahs, or you can go to our band camp, which is The Streetwalk and Cheetahs, and that are, you can buy the record on vinyl and you can buy all sorts of other cool you know, shirts and CDs and all sorts of fun stuff. All right. And awesome. hopefully we'll be playing live again. Hell yeah. You can come see us play live. Love Look you out for that. All right. Uh, well, thank you for now. This guy's been The Streetwalk and Cheetahs and uh, We're the Good Noise podcast. <laughs>